Well, hey, so glad you came this morning. So glad you're here. So glad you tuned in this morning. We have a, a number of people who uh, have tuned in this morning online, and we see Fiona. Hey, Fiona, how you doing? And a, a, a good, like an old friend. He's not that old, but John. Good to see you, man. John S. You know what? I'll try not to to put last names in because people might not like that. But thanks for tuning in. I kind of I can see your face right now. So <laughs> welcome, Sharon and uh, Leah. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here with us today and joining in with us here online. It's awesome that we can do this and tune in online and kind of see see one another. And you know, here's the beauty of. Uh, are online. I see people who are friends of mine online. I don't always, I don't see your friends scrolling in who may be watching. So if, if you're tuned in, just say hi to some of your friends that you can see online and that'll be awesome. Oh, I just saw Peter's tuned in. <laughs> hey, Peter! <laughs> and he's here as well. <laughs> oh, gotta get Peter in somehow. Well, so glad you came here this morning to worship with us live. Uh, man, it's so good this morning. Thank you, Veronica and the team for leading us. And boy, Brad and Jasmine and little Eli. Hey. <laughs> God is good. Oh, Philip again. Oh, <laughs> you know, Philip, always, he, he, he reminds me of the coach from the Vancouver Canucks. Every time I see the coach, I think of Philip. <laughs> so cool. Is that Micah and Megan? That is Micah and Megan. Hey, good seeing you guys. Wow. Oh, I'm going to cry now. God is so good. God is so good. Oh. You know, we want you to know online and here present, we pray for you. Uh, we have a prayer team that prays continually, and uh, you're in our prayers and if you have any prayer requests, if you're watching online and you have any prayer requests, just go to our website and click on the Connect Card uh, link. You'll see it right away as soon as you're there, a little button. And fill out the form. In there is, uh, it's a form where you can put in your prayer requests, uh, any any needs that you may have, even some uh, uh, awesome things that have been going on in your life. You You can write those down and share those with us. And even just to let us know you're watching, please do that. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're here live, uh, you can, again, just go to our website and click on that link uh, for Connect Card, and you can fill one of those out. It's a touchless service. Uh, we used to have these cards, these orange cards that we placed on everybody's seats, and now those are available online. So I encourage you to go fill it out. Let us know that you're here. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, we would we would love to, to pray with you. A couple of uh, just... Really quick announcements before I pass it on to Pastor Ron uh, to uh, finish up his excellent series on um, uh, reacting to uncertainty today. Uh, first is directly following the service, just a short time after, we're having a community Zumba outreach. And this is, this is our opportunity to connect with the community, and we're going to do it this year through a, a, a big Zumba dance-off. So uh, uh, if you're tuned in and you're in the area, come on out and uh, join with us for this uh, uh, awesome 
time of Zumba, and I've never done it, and nor will I do it uh, this today, but I will be there watching and encouraging people on. I have three left feet, so uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Anyways, um, also, uh, we have a w- water baptismal information online, uh, so if you're here and you want to be water baptized, or if you're watching online, again, go to our website, click on the link to water baptism and fill out the form. And we'd love to hear from you and have you take the plunge. Also, uh, we have our tithes and offerings available online uh, for those watching online. If you want to give, uh, you can just uh, go to our website. You can e-transfer us. There's, we have four ways to give, and you can see that on the screen. And uh, so if you're here live as well, uh, you know, we, we still have the debit machine going. Or you can give uh, e-transfer. I know we love to do that. That's our new way of giving is through e-transfer. It's just really quick and easy. We actually did it last night. Uh, so, yeah. Also, for those uh, watching at home, uh, just so you know, uh, everybody here is wearing face masks for the most part or, or uh, masks. And our chairs are physically distanced apart. We uh, thoroughly sanitize all the touchpoint areas uh, before every service so that you can have a peace of mind that when you do choose to come and connect with us live, uh, that you're, you're entering into a safe place. Cool? Well, hey, I think that's it for me. Pastor Ron, I want you to come. Pastor Ron is a teaching pastor here at the church, and he's, he's going to finish up his excellent teaching on reacting to uncertainty. Why don't you welcome him as he comes this morning? Amen. Thanks, Pastor Scott. You know, there is something really, um, at the same time, humbling and very uh, confidence-building about being in pre-service prayer and having people pray all your notes. <laughs> and then Pastor Yvette gets up, and oh, and actually in the worship service, the songs were singing all of my notes. And Veronica and I don't, you know, we sleep in the same bed, but we don't share thoughts in terms of what I'm going to preach and what song she's singing. So we, we, we might touch base once or twice, but, and then, uh, Chris in the middle of the worship service, uh, you didn't get a copy of my notes, did you? Okay, because it's, uh, it's pretty well bang on what Chris was saying. So I think God's got a message for everybody today. And, uh, I'm looking forward to being part of him uh, sharing that with you. So for the last two weeks, we've been looking at John 13 and John 14. And again, that records a conversation that took place between Jesus and his disciples uh, immediately before Jesus' crucifixion and right after what we commonly call the Last Supper. Uh, and if you weren't here, you haven't had a chance to listen to the videos on YouTube or Facebook or, or some podcasts uh, I really uh, tend to build messages on each previous week, and so uh, you probably want to try to go and catch that whole series. Um, so again, to set the scene, Jesus has been spending the last few weeks of his life preparing the disciples for the fact that he is about to leave, uh, that he's about to be taken prisoner by the religious leaders, handed over to the Romans, and crucified. And the conversation we've been looking at begins in John 13, verse 31, where Jesus basically says to the apostles or to the disciples, guys, it's time. I'm only going to be with you for a very little while yet. 
And four of the disciples asked Jesus a question about the future and the kind of sense of uncertainty that they've been feeling. Uh, and so Peter asked the first question, and we looked at that on August 23rd. Thomas, uh, this is the one who doubted Jesus' resurrection, the same Thomas, uh, asks the second question. Then Philip asks the third, which we looked at last week. And today we're going to look at uh, Judas. And this is not the Judas who betrayed Jesus. This is a different person. And he asks the fourth question. And all four of them are basically asking the same question. They all want to know what's next. Now what? What, what's, what do we expect to, to happen. And you can only imagine the confusion they're facing, right? I mean, they've been walking with Jesus. It's been great. There's been all these miracles and all this miraculous provision and all kinds of good stuff going on. And then Jesus says, so guys, that's the end. I'm about to die. And then I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to send you a comforter. And they're all like, whoa, 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 time out. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 what? And again, you can, you, you know, we sometimes read the Bible with the, I think, the mistake of presuming that these were sort of righteous, holy men wandering around and that they understood everything Jesus was saying to them. The reality couldn't be further. You know, the reality is they're just ordinary guys like you and me just trying to figure things out. And, you know, Jesus is is telling them things that they don't understand. They don't quite grasp. It's all very mysterious and confusing. That's more the, the, the frame of mind that they're in. And, you know, I really think God dropped this message into my heart during this time when there's so much uncertainty about this whole uh, COVID pandemic. You know, I don't know if you've picked it up, but I certainly have. There is so much fear out there. It's incredible. You know, there's a whole bunch of people who are afraid of catching the virus and maybe passing it on to somebody who then might die, and then that'd be their fault, and sort of trying to wrestle with that. And then there's another whole group that are saying, well, we're afraid, actually, that this whole thing is a hoax, and that it's some great big government scheme or or anti-government scheme to try to hoodwink us into who knows what. Um, and then, you know, what ends up happening is the conspiracy gang are making the folks that are afraid even more afraid. And the folks that are getting more afraid are kind of driving a conspiracy gang into even wilder, crazier theories. In the end, there's just a lot of fear going on. There's just an awful lot of people who are afraid, just not sure what on earth to do. What's next? You know, I know a lot of people who think 2020 is going to go down in the record books as uh, one of the worst years of their lives. But I found something the other day I want to read to you. And, you know, I, 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 obviously I can't see people who are online listening, but those of you who are here, how many here born later than 1975? Just stick your hand up and wave at me. 75 or later. Okay. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Okay. If you're born in 1975, so you're 45 years old or less, listen to this. Imagine you were born in the year 1910. So just 65 years earlier than you were born. When you're four, World War I begins, and it ends when you're eight with 22 million people dead. Soon afterward, the so-called Spanish flu arrives, killing 50 million more people. As that starts to fade, you've just turned 10. When you're 19, there's a global economic crisis, and the New York Stock Exchange completely collapses, causing massive inflation, all kinds of unemployment, and, and suicides. Then Mother Nature pitches in and the drought of the dirty 30s causes famine right throughout North America. When you're 23, 
the Nazis come to power, and by the time you're 29, World War II begins. It ends when you're 35 with another 60 million dead and 6 million Jews uh, murdered in the Holocaust. When you're 42, the Korean War begins, and at 54, the Vietnam War begins, and by the time you're 65, those wars are finally over, with a total of about 160 million people dead. A child born in 1975 or 1980 thinks his grandparents have no idea how difficult life is. (laughs) Today, we have all sorts of comforts as we face this new pandemic, but we complain because we have to wear masks. We complain because we've been largely stuck to our homes where we have food, electricity, water, heat, air conditioning, Wi-Fi, and Netflix. None of that existed for many of the folks born in 1910, and yet many of them survived those circumstances and many kept their joy of living. And, you know, Chris, thank you, because what the Lord just said to me all week is, man, we got to be thankful for what we've got. We have to be so thankful. Thank God we were born a little past that line. I mean, I'm kind of chunked into the middle of, of the sort of the Vietnam War and the Korea War, but nonetheless... It's amazing what some of our parents and grandparents have gone through. You know, in light of learning to be thankful for what we've got, let's just have a quick look at the at the things we've learned so far in the last two weeks. So number one, we've learned that your own ingenuity is not going to be enough. Okay, only your trust in God and in his love for you is going to get you through. So when you're facing uncertainty, you've got to be convinced that God has you on his heart. He's looking out for you. We've got to be absolutely convinced, and that's point number two, that God has our future in his hands. You you might be unsure of what's going to happen next, but you know what? God knows the future, and he's promising you that your future is good. So number three, we learned that in all the uncertainty we're facing, we have to start By trusting God. He's the way. He knows how to get through tomorrow. And the next day. And the next day after that. And he's the truth. He knows what's really going on and what's not. We don't have to be led by fear. And he's the life. He can make sure that the things uh, of our lives and the circumstances around us always end up working out for us. And then the fourth thing we learned last week is that if you trust God and make up your mind to follow him completely, he's going to do things for you that you cannot imagine. Now, from there, I want to look at today's question. And this is John 14, 22, if you're following along on your phone or in your Bible. And it says this, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will show yourself to us and not To the world. Now that's an interesting question. Jesus, how is it that we'll be able to see you, but those who don't believe in you and don't follow you won't be able to see you? Now I'm going to read you Jesus' answer, but it's a bit long, so I'm not going to put it up on the screen because it's about nine verses, but there are a couple of really interesting and important keys here. So Jesus' answer starts in verse 23, and he says, "Um, if anyone loves me, He will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And he is, uh, sorry, 
Uh, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, uh, but let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you might believe. And I'll no longer be talking much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, so I will do. And then Jesus says, now, let's get up and go from this place and head straight into the crucifixion. Let me point out a couple of verses I think are key and that really apply to our situation here and now. And the first one is John 14, 26. And Jesus says, the helper, the Holy Spirit, which we talked about last week, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And here's the key. And bring back to your memory all the things that I said to you. Now, I got a couple of questions for you, for those who are here and for those who are watching. First of all, what are the things that the Holy Spirit has taught you? What, what is it that the Holy Spirit has taught you? You know, years ago, this hit me, this analogy, and I've never, I've never lost it. It's something that really speaks to me. So, here's the, here's the thing. It's been my experience that the Holy Spirit tends to work in a cycle, where He teaches you something, and then He allows you to be tested to see whether you learned the lesson well or not. Now, for those of you who are in school, you'll, you'll get this analogy. Those of you who are a little older like me, you, you may have to think back a few cent, you know, a few centuries, no, a few decades to figure out, uh, to try to remember your school days. But here's the question. During the learning cycle, who does the talking? The teacher. When you get to the test, think about an oral exam. Who does the talking? The student. Does the teacher talk during the exam? Not much, not usually. Does the student talk during the lesson? Eh, when I was in school, that was really frowned on. I'm, I'm old school, I know, but you know, I've, I've had a few whacks across the back of the hand with a ruler for talking too much during school. Thankfully, I get to talk all the time now, but here's an interesting thing. The teacher talks during the lesson, the student talks during the exam. Now, what happens if during the exam, the student says to the teacher, I don't understand this. What's happening? I don't get this. Yeah, just give me that exam back. You failed. We'll try that again next week. But, you know, isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit will tend to teach us something and then all of a sudden we start to go into that exam time. We start to get into the place where what we've learned gets tested. And how many of us, me included, get on our knees and say, God, what's happening? I don't understand this. And yet the secret to it is start to say what you learned. Start to speak the lesson you learned. You know, what have you learned in the past that the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to put into practice? In particular... What kind of Bible verses, what things have jumped out at you 
that you suddenly learned and you went, wow, I've never seen that before. Pastor Yvette shared one of those with us this morning. Never seen that before. And then when the next test comes, what the Holy Spirit is wanting you to do is to begin to say it out loud. Begin to declare it. Now, I just want to say this. Say it out loud, not in your thoughts. Why? Well, Proverbs uh, uh, 18.21 says, The power of life and death is in your tongue. Not in your thoughts. In your tongue. It's what you speak, what you say out loud, has far more power than what you think. Now, you can think a prayer and you hear it and God hears it. I'm not saying don't do that. But there are times where we need to speak what the Holy Spirit taught us out loud. Just like deal, deal with your, with your embarrassment, but say it out loud. What has the Holy Spirit taught you? Now, the second thing I want to remind you of is that verse said the Holy Spirit will bring back to your memory those things that he taught you. Now, my question is, what are you feeding your memory with so that the Holy Spirit can bring something back to your mind? Are you feeding your memory with tons of negative news about COVID? Are you feeding your memory with all kinds of stuff about government corruption? Are you feeding your memory with theories that make you angry and cynical? Or are you making sure that in a time when you really need God, you're filling your mind with God's word? That you're filling your mind with music and and songs that praise him? Are you filling your mind with conversations that build one another up? See, it happens to be my opinion that the Holy Spirit can't bring something back to your memory if you never put it in there in the first place. So here's our first point for today. The more uncertainty you're facing, the more you need to fill your mind with God's word. Instead of worrying about what might happen or getting angry about what you think is happening, fill your mind with what God says so the Holy Spirit can use that to build you up and get you ready for what he knows is coming. Now, here's the second thing, and that'll bring this series to a close. John 14, 27, Jesus says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not like the peace the world expects. Don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. Now, I want you to see something in that verse. It says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Now, isn't that interesting? Because that implies that I have a responsibility to allow or disallow my mind from going in a certain direction. I can let my mind worry and be anxious, or I can tell my mind, hey, you're not allowed to think like that. Now, some of you are thinking, well, how's that supposed to work? Well, you know, here's a couple of things that Paul wrote. The first one, he wrote in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, and Paul says, the weapons we use aren't physical weapons. They're spiritual weapons that are very effective, and with them, We can pull down strongholds in our thinking. We can silence arguments and doubts that call our relationship with God into question. 
And with them, we can bring every thought into line, forcing them to obey what Jesus commands. Did you catch that there? There are strongholds or habits that we have. Habits in our thinking. I don't know about you, but I have some habits in my thinking that I'm not always happy with. Something happens, and here go my thoughts. Now, I've shared this before, but it's worth just reminding you. We have this lovely little turn of phrase in English that's just so accurate. And that is, we call it a train of thought. But here's the thing for you. If you get into a car, you're not entirely sure where it's going to go. You have options as to where you're going to go and where you're going to turn and different routes. And But if you get into a train, you know exactly where it's going. It doesn't have any choice. It follows that rail right to a destination. Isn't that interesting? Because a train of thought, I can almost guarantee you, every time that train of thought, every time you get on that train, you know exactly where that thought is going to take you. And we've got to learn to discipline our minds. The second thing it talks about is doubts. Silencing arguments and doubts. And you know, we've got to be in a place where we learn to just recognize those thoughts coming into our mind and say, hey, I'm not having that. I'm not going to think like that. And the third thing is, you know, it says bringing every thought into line, forcing them to obey. That's pretty active kind of language there, isn't it? I mean, that's not sort of, oh, dear Lord, please help my thoughts to to go in the right. No, no, no. This is Paul saying to us, hey, you've got an obligation to discipline your mind so that your thoughts do what you call them to do. In Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul says, discipline your minds to focus on things that have integrity, that are courageous, that are righteous that are pure and lovable and admirable, focus on what is praiseworthy. Now, what are you focusing your mind on? What am I focusing my mind on? The news, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter? Or am I focusing my mind on what God says and what his word is speaking to me? And I'm not saying there's no time for those other things, but we've got to discipline our minds. Oh, Pastor Ron, seems like every time I grab my Bible within about 30 seconds, I'm fast asleep. Yeah, well, that should tell you something. Discipline your mind. Learn to just say, no, I will so get up a half hour earlier, and I will so sit down and read my Bible for half an hour and pray in the morning. And if your mind doesn't like it, see, let me, let me kind of come at this from a slightly different direction. Folks, your mind is not you. Your brain is a tool that God gave you to think with. You gotta kind of wrap your head around that. And just like you wouldn't say, oh my goodness, my hand just stole that thing from the store. I had no idea it was going to do that. It just did that. I can't control it. You can't say that about your mind either. You can't say, well, my mind just does that. I can't control it. Now, let me be very gracious here. And don't, don't take this as even slightly cynical. It's not at all. I, I, my, my degree is in counseling. I get it that there are some of us and we genuinely can't control our thoughts. But I want to tell you that's a problem. 
That's not good. That's not normal. And if you're hearing this and you're thinking, I, I, my thoughts just go all over the place and I can't control them. Well, first of all, learn to discipline your mind and start to control your thoughts. But if you genuinely can't, can I just implore you, get some help with that? And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I mean that very graciously. And, and this is a good place for me to just say, you know, I don't understand why people stigmatize mental health issues. If I have to take a pill for my kidneys to work properly every day, or if I have to take a pill for my thyroid to work properly every day, then what's the difference if I have to take a pill to get my brain to work properly every day? I don't get it. Okay, I really don't. I don't get it. And if you need that kind of help, please get it. Because it is it is the kind of thing that God expects you to take control of where your thoughts are going. And if you can't, I just, again, get some help with that. Seriously. Now, don't let your heart, so your mind, your thoughts, your self-talk, don't let them be anxious. Just don't allow it. So what do you do? Well, here's what I suggest. Read your Bible. And when you find a verse that speaks to your anxiety, put it into a note in your phone. If you're old school, put it on a three by five card and keep it in your shirt pocket. And then read it out loud every time anxiety tries to take over. And yes, out loud. Remember Proverbs 18.21, the power of life is in the tongue, not in your thoughts. So point number two for today is this. Train yourself to align your thinking with God's word. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you how to believe what God says instead of being anxious about things. Remember Judas's question. He said, Jesus, how is it that we'll be able to see you, but those who don't believe in you and don't follow you won't? Well, you know, I think Christians should stick out in times like these. I think we should stick out. We we should be the ones, our friends and our neighbors and parents who are fretting over whether they should take their school, their kids to school, or maybe quit their jobs and teach at home or whatever. They should be looking at you and saying, how can you be so calm? How, how can you be so happy? And our answer has to be, well, because I can see Jesus. I can see his work in my life. You know, maybe you're here or you're listening to this today on the web and you don't know God like that. You don't have that confidence to know that he's going to look after you no matter what. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Jesus and I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite God to come into your heart and come into your life and give you the strength and the power and the ability to begin to control your thoughts and control your mind and and cause your thinking to come into line with God's word and God's plan for you. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. It's just a prayer that asks Jesus to come into our lives. It just goes like this. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner 
And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. From this day forward, I want to turn and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you just do one more thing for me? Would you either come and talk to me or you can talk to Pastor Veronica or Pastor Scott or Pastor Yvette once we dismiss? Just let us know. And if you're listening on the web and you prayed that prayer with us, can can you just, the email address will be up in your screen in a minute. If you can just drop us an email and let us know, I prayed that prayer with the pastor today. We'd love to just encourage you and uh, and just welcome you into the family of God, but really just begin to pray for you and to expect God to do amazing things in your life. You know, I feel like I want to end this on kind of a kind of a high note. And uh, I've asked the team, if the worship team, if they would just kind of repeat that first song again. Because I want us to go out of here kind of ready to sort of kick some butt and just say, hey, life is good. I'm not willing to just kind of hide in a corner and say, oh, I hope this thing is over soon. I want to get out there and I just want to live for Jesus. Amen. Amen.
Listen, you're dismissed. I hope you all have a blessed long weekend. Hopefully the the weather holds out. I don't know. The weather forecast doesn't look great. It looks like Tuesday's going to be really nice. But anyway, yeah. And remember, don't take off too soon. The Zumba is going to start in about 45 minutes. You can hang out. And it's always safe to hang out outside because then you don't always have to wear a mask. So, And air hugs to everybody. Blessings. Have a great week.